0: This is the Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, December 12th. I'm Kate Trinko.
1: And I'm Daniel Davis. At a time of year when Congress is usually consumed with spending bills, this year it's all about impeachment. Today we'll have Congressman Jody Heiss on the show to respond to the impeachment effort, the Inspector General report, and what Congress ought to be doing on spending.
0: And... If you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or a five star rating on iTunes and please encourage others to subscribe. Now, on to our top news. Another heated hearing on Capitol Hill Wednesday, this time with Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz discussing his team's new report out on the FBI's use of the FISA courts and surveillance of Trump aides. Senator Dianne Feinstein, Democrat of California, said this via ABC. According
2: to the IG's report, the FBI complied with existing department and FBI policies in opening the investigation. And the IG, quote, did not find documentary or testimonial evidence the political bias or improper motivation influenced this decision, end quote, or any specific investigative steps taken by the FBI. That's the finding.
0: Here's one comment from Senator Mike Lee, Republican of Utah, via C-SPAN.
3: So we're faced with two possibilities. Either one, These FBI agents purposely used the power of the federal government to wage a political war against a presidential candidate they despised. Or two, these agents were so incompetent that they allowed a paid foreign political operative to weaponize the the FISA program into a spying operation on a rival presidential political campaign. I'm not sure about you, but I'm not sure which one is worse. I, I am sure that neither conclusion is acceptable. They're both horrifying for slightly different reasons. I'm not sure there is a substantive distinction between the two of them. I'm not sure one can conclude. I'm not sure it's possible to conclude that the bias evident in communications between some of these investigators wasn't at least a part of it. Now, the fact that you say that there wasn't a causal Connection between them, that there wasn't a sine qua non with uh, uh, but for causal chain uh, between those communications and the uh, opening of the investigation itself is beside the point. The fact is, these were agents who made their bias clear and they went after someone in part because they did not like
2: his candidacy, and that's inexcusable.
0: Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, was also riled up via Fox News.
2: Who at the Department of Justice was, and by the way, several, several Democrats, it's interesting seeing Democratic senators wanting to defend this abuse of power. Uh, several senators, Senator Feinstein said, I wrote this down, the FBI didn't place spies in the Trump campaign. Uh, Senator Leahy said something similar. Well, that may be true, not spies in the Trump campaign, but reading from your report, in particular page four of the executive summary, Your report says thereafter the Crossfire Hurricane team used the intrusive techniques including confidential human sources to interact and consensually record multiple conversations with Page and Papadopoulos both before and after they were working for the Trump campaign, as well as on one occasion with a high-level Trump campaign official who was not the subject of the investigation. So they didn't place spies in the campaign, but they sent spies to record senior members of the campaign in the middle of a presidential campaign when when that candidate was the nominee for the other major party that was the opposing party to the one in power. Is that right?
3: Uh, They send confidential human sources in to do those.
2: Did anyone at DOJ, who at DOJ knew about this? Did the Attorney General know about this? Did the White House know about this? Um,
3: based on what we found, nobody had been told in advance. But once nobody it was knew about it. did they know? They did not. The only evidence that somebody knew were the line attorneys in NSD, in the National Security Division, when they were told very selective portions of what had occurred. Nobody knew beforehand. Nobody had been briefed. And frankly, that was one of the most concerning things here is that nobody would, would, needed to be told.
2: And I can tell you from my time at the Department of Justice and from my time in law enforcement, any responsible leader, when hearing that you're talking about sending in spies and sending in a wiretap on any presidential nominee, should say, what in the hell are we doing? And by the way, the people up the chain who are saying, we didn't know if you had responsible leadership, there's no more important decision than you make. I can tell you, when I was at DOJ, if someone said, let's tap Hillary Clinton, or let's tap Bill Clinton or John Kerry, the people there would have said, what in the hell are you talking about? What was going on here? This wasn't Jason Bourne. This was Beavis and Butthead.
0: And one more part of Cruz's exchange with Horowitz, this time via C-SPAN.
2: A lawyer at the FBI creates fraudulent evidence— alters an email, that is in turn used as the basis for a sworn statement to the court that the court relies on. Am I stating that accurately?
3: Uh, that's correct. That is what occurred.
1: Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell blasted the Democrats from the Senate floor on Wednesday, saying that they were rushing headlong into impeachment.
4: Yesterday, House Democrats announced they will rush ahead and prepare to send the Senate articles of impeachment based on... At, the least thorough and most unfair impeachment inquiry in modern history.
2: Well, the House Democrats denigration of their solemn duty will not cause the Senate to denigrate ours.
1: President Trump also hit back and defended himself. Speaking at a rally in Pennsylvania Tuesday night, he said this.
2: You saw their so-called articles of impeachment today. People are saying They're not even a crime. What happened? All of these horrible things, remember? Bribery and this and that. Where are they? They send these two things, they're not even a crime. This is the lightest, weakest impeachment. You know, our country's had actually many impeachments. You call judges and lots of, many impeachments. But it was on today, everybody said, this is impeachment light. This is the lightest impeachment in the history of our country by far. It's not even like an impeachment. These people are stone cold crooked. When a guy like Shifty Schiff, here's a corrupt politician.
0: With a new executive order, the Trump administration is taking aim at anti-Semitism on campuses. NBC News reported that an unnamed senior administration official told reporters that Trump would be signing an executive order on anti-Semitism to enshrine the definition from the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance of anti-Semitism into an executive order and clarify that Title VI of the 1964 Civil Rights Act applies to anti-Semitic acts. The unnamed official also said... We looked at the data and we saw that there's been a rise in anti-Semitic incidents since 2013, and we began a policy process to figure out specifically what we could do on the subject.
1: New details have emerged from Tuesday's shooting in Jersey City, New Jersey, which claimed the lives of five civilians and one police officer. USA Today reports that two suspects attacked a kosher supermarket in Jersey City, Two police officers on the scene returned fire and stopped them, preventing further harm. Investigators also discovered a live pipe bomb in the shooter's van. One of the shooters was linked to the group Black Hebrew Israelites, widely considered to be a hate group. The city has declined to call the shooting an anti-Semitic hate crime, but one of the shooters did publish anti-Semitic posts on social media. In just the last year, anti-Semitic hate crimes in nearby New York City have gone up by 22%.
0: The Brits are going to the polls today, and at stake is the fate of Brexit and whether Britain really will leave the European Union. Who is the next Prime Minister depends on which party, Labour or Conservative, gets more seats. Current Prime Minister Boris Johnson is running on the slogan of Get Brexit Done. Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn, meanwhile, has been accused of anti Semitism. A top British rabbi writing in the Times of London accused the Labour Party last month of having an anti-Semitic problem, writing, It is a failure of culture. It is a failure of leadership. A new poison, sanctioned from the top, has taken root in the Labour Party.
1: Time magazine has selected its person of the year, Greta Thunberg, the 16-year-old Swedish climate change activist who made a splash at the United Nations this year and landed big media hits after traveling across the Atlantic Ocean on a solar-powered boat. She then scolded public officials at the UN for not doing enough to fight climate change.
2: This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your
0: empty words. And yet, I'm one of the lucky ones.
1: Thunberg is the youngest person ever to be named Time Person of the Year.
0: Next up, we'll feature Daniel's interview with Representative Jody Heiss about impeachment and more.
3: Americans have almost entirely forgotten their history. That's right. And if we want to keep our republic, this needs to change. I'm Jarrett Stepman. And I'm Fred Lucas. We host The Right Side of History, a podcast dedicated to restoring informed patriotism and busting the negative narratives about America's past. Hollywood, the media, and academia have failed a generation. We're here to set the record straight on the ideas and people who've made this country great. Subscribe to The Right Side of History on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher today.
1: I'm joined now by Congressman Jody Heiss. He represents Georgia's 10th Congressional District. He sits on the Oversight and Reform Committee and is a member of the House Freedom Caucus. And notably, he is host of the Freedom Caucus podcast. Thanks for your time, Congressman. Great to be here with you. Thanks for having me. So this week we got the long-awaited Inspector General report about the origins of the FBI's uh, surveillance on the Trump campaign and how that came about. Uh, The report says there was no direct evidence of political bias on the FBI's part, just a ton of incompetence, lots of errors and mistakes and omissions in their applications to the FISA court uh, to get their warrant. Based on your reading of the facts, what do you make of that conclusion?
4: Yeah, I I would disagree with that conclusion. You don't have to go very far to see that um, uh, this was much more than incompetence. There was uh, an effort to uh, go after the president. And, you know, fortunately, we have another investigation going on with the uh, Attorney General Barr and in, in, uh, Durham. And, of course, they immediately came out themselves uh, challenging those conclusions. And their investigation is much broader, much deeper. Uh, they have much more uh, information to draw from. And it was as though they were responding with an uh uh uh, uh not so fast here. We have more information. We've got the goods. We know that there was uh, indeed uh, an attempt uh, out of bias to destroy the president and to go after him. And I think that's going to come out when their investigation concludes. But I think, you know, the report itself was fine. I I do uh, disagree with some of the conclusions. But this ought to send chills down the spine of every American when you think that the FBI literally was weaponized – to spy on American citizens, uh, that is a chilling reality that took place, and we have got to get to the bottom of this. And I think at the end of the day, particularly when uh, Barr's investigation is over, we will get to the, the the bottom of this.
1: Yeah, one of the big questions that I had looking over this is, um, you know, if the FBI thought that Russia was trying to bait the Trump campaign and they wanted to stop that, why not just talk to the Trump campaign and say, hey? they're trying to bait you you need to watch out instead they launch a secret surveillance investigation
4: yeah and the reason they were launching a secret investigation in my opinion is because it was the dnc and hillary clinton uh that was paying for this thing i mean the whole the false dossier as it all gets started uh to begin with is uh, it it is you start connecting the dots of this thing and you see that it is very broad it's very deep uh deep state if if you will heavily involved in this whole process and the president really was a victim in this and it is uh revealed exposed i believe even in in what horowitz has come out with uh to this point that yes there was the the whole fisa warrant at least 17 major significant errors and omissions involved in putting together a false document in order to get a FISA warrant, uh, thereby to begin spying on the president and his campaign. That is a frightful reality that took place in the United States. And behind it all, it is being funded by Democrats and high-ranking individuals within the Democratic Party. Uh, And so I think when this comes out further with the investigation that Barr is doing, we're going to see some extremely disturbing uh, realities and some facts when that report comes out.
1: Yeah. William Barr, the attorney general, says he's going to take – who wants to take steps to make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again. And that must be the big concern, right? Because there yeah. already was protocol in place. That's so what, right. What, so what do
4: you do? Well, what you do is you make people pay who have broken the law and have broken the trust of the American people, individuals who have been involved in this. They're you – know, one of the biggest questions I have back home in the 10th District of Georgia – is is when are heads going to roll over all this corruption? People want to know. People want justice. People want to believe that Lady Justice is still blindfolded, that it does not matter if you have a D in front of your name or not, that if you break the law, if you violate the trust of the American people in this deep kind of way that apparently has taken place here, that there are going to be consequences, and you're not going to be protected or find cover just because you have a D in front of your name in this instance. And uh, so, yeah, I think William Barr is coming out with the statement already. He's setting the pathway. He's setting the standard that heads are going to roll. And that's how you prevent this type of thing from happening in the future.
1: Well, this week, House Democrats have put forward two articles of impeachment against President Trump, and they're saying that they have to impeach him now because he clearly cheated in the first election and the second one is coming up. So you've got to prevent that from happening. Uh, What's your response?
4: Yeah, I mean, they were doing this uh, before he ever even took office. By the time uh, as a candidate, the day after he was inaugurated, they were talking about impeaching him. And it's stunning to me that they were talking about impeachment before the phone call uh, with the Ukrainian president ever even took place. In fact, Nancy Pelosi announced that they were going to proceed with impeachment before the facts ever even came out on this thing. This has been a Democratic Party from day one of this administration that uh, has aggressively been looking for – haystacks anywhere they can find it in hopes that there's a needle somewhere in the haystack. And they've just been going from one issue to another, to another, to another, trying to find anything that they can thereby come up and say, hey, look what we found. Now we can impeach the president and justify it. And, you know, with these two articles that they've come up with, they're extremely vague. They still have not declared what the president did There was an abuse of power. What did he do Uh, that obstructed uh, Congress? Uh, It's all vague, uh, lame attempts to create something out of nothing. The only thing the Democrats do not have in this entire impeachment inquiry is evidence. And that's a pretty big deal. When you're talking about impeaching the president, you need evidence of crimes, uh, treason, bribery, high crimes and misdemeanors, and there is zero evidence of any of that.
1: What do you make of the process that's played out and uh, you know what Republicans
4: have or haven't been able to do? Yeah, it's been the most unfair thing I've ever seen in my life. Never would I have dreamed that this type of process would actually take place in the United States of America. We have not been given a voice. We've not been able, as a minority party, we have not been allowed to subpoena people There have been times that Adam Schiff literally stopped the witnesses from answering questions that were coming from Republicans because he was uncomfortable with where those questions may lead. Uh, The president has not been able to defend himself. Uh, We've not been able to call any witnesses that we wanted to talk with. Uh, By House rules, the minority is supposed to be given a minority hearing. To this day, we still have not been granted a hearing where we are able to subpoena people and have our own questioning of individuals. That has not taken place. I mean, the whole thing has been an absolute sham. Uh, While we were meeting in the basement of the Capitol with the depositions that Adam Schiff was leading, uh, we were not allowed to talk to the media, but they continually leaked specific phrases uh, from the witnesses that they were allowed to bring forth. Again, we were not allowed to have any witnesses we wanted They only brought witnesses that they thought would would bring damaging uh, reports and testimony against the president. And then they leaked certain things to the press that they wanted to. If we leaked anything, uh, we would be uh, in trouble. So it's it's absolutely indescribable how unjust, how partisan, how enormous of a hoax this whole thing has been. Uh, It has consisted of anything but fairness and justice.
1: Adam Schiff released a report about his committee's impeachment investigation.
4: Why do you think he hasn't uh, testified yet? He needs to. Uh, he, he absolutely needs to. He is the architect behind this whole sham. Uh, he is the one that put it together. And uh, hopefully he will be required to, testim- uh, to provide testimony under oath if this goes on to the Senate. Uh, hopefully his day of reckoning will come. But, you know, just for an example – When all of this started, it was Adam Schiff who basically was saying the whistleblower was, you would think the whistleblower was the most important person in the world at that time. And uh, we have information. We have found a needle, so to speak. And Adam Schiff was touting, and Nancy Pelosi, this whistleblower was going to testify in the very near future. Then it became known that Adam Schiff and his staff uh, and or his staff had been coordinating with the whistleblower on this whole thing. In fact, the whistleblower was not even a whistleblower until after uh, he or she met with Schiff and his staff, and they convinced that individual to come forward as a whistleblower. Once that information became known, then all of a sudden, Adam Schiff did not want that whistleblower to testify, and he started going to individuals who uh, again, hearsay, second, third, fourth-hand information. Many of the witnesses who came forward had zero uh, information whatsoever. Uh, no fact witnesses have been brought forth from this whole thing. Uh, you know, and you and I, we, we, you cannot get a speeding ticket on second-hand information. But this whole process has been: we're going to impeach the president on he said, she said. That they heard someone thought this, that, and the. It is just it is absolute insanity what the Democrats are dragging the American people through.
1: Are you concerned that this could create um, a cry wolf effect, where you know you impeach the president? You know we impeached, we, we impeached in the '90s. Now we in, we're impeaching President Trump. Eventually, the American people might just think, oh, impeachment—that's a partisan thing.
4: Well, that's certainly what it is now, and that is part of the risk that we we are facing. With impeachment. Impeachment is supposed to be for serious high crimes and misdemeanors, uh, and there is none of that involved here. In fact, already Democrats are saying that if this impeachment fails, they are going to turn around and impeach him again. Uh, And it just goes back to their attempt to impeach him the day after he was inaugurated, before he had ever had an opportunity. To do anything wrong. They were wanting. And listen, just because you don't like a president, that's fine, but that is not an impeachable offense. The Democrats here are trying to impeach someone they don't like, and they don't like his policies. They are fearful he is going to be reelected, and so their only out is to try to impeach him, and they're doing anything they can. So, yeah, I think this sets an extremely dangerous precedent for the whole impeachment process uh, for future administrations. Well,
1: shifting to something that Congress has more traditionally focused on, and that's spending. Uh, It is December, which means you and your colleagues are going to be voting on a bunch of uh, spending measures, or depending how it shakes out, one big spending measure, we'll see. So House Democrats are packing these bills with lots of progressive items that I would imagine are just going to get taken out in the Senate. Uh, do you think they're going to be successful? Yeah,
4: I hope they will. And you you say there's a, going to be a bunch of spending measures, whether it's a bunch of measures or one big measure. What we do know, is a bunch of spending and a lot, a bunch of unnecessary spending. Uh, and yeah, hopefully the the Senate will help us get rid of a lot of the stuff. But look, this is another example of the Lack of ability, in fact, the absolute inability of the Democrats to legislate and to lead. We have had spending issues we have known for the entire year, that the government was going to run out of money on the 20th. They did nothing all year long. They were focused on impeachment. Same is true with funding our military. Uh, and we have a host of other issues that uh, lowering drug prices, for example, uh, USMCA. All these things all year long. The Democrats have done absolutely nothing. And when the president tags them as the do-nothing Dems, he is spot on. They have done absolutely nothing. Now we come to the end of the year, and we have spending measures that need to be passed. We have funding, the, the military that needs to be passed. And there is no telling what kind of garbage is going to be placed in the, those spending bills. Uh, but again, we are going to be coming back uh, right before Christmas, having battles when everyone's wanting to be home with their families for Christmas, uh, and the Democrats are hopeful that during that pressure uh, that people will cave and just pass whatever they put on the table and I can tell you there 's a bunch of us who uh, that is not going to be enough we 're going to be fighting tooth and nail uh, to to limit the scope, the size, and scope, and spending of government.
1: Well, we tend to see more and more short term continuing resolution bills instead of these year long appropriations bills, and uh, that 's become really a pattern in the last five, ten years in Congress at how did we get there, and and what's what's the what's like the problem in Congress that's keeping keeping Congress from actually
4: passing long term bills? Well, you, you've got appropriators who, uh, I mean, they have struggled. Everything has become so partisan. It's uh, we are living in an environment where partisanship is the rule of the day, and so it becomes increasingly difficult to find agreement on these massive spending bills. Uh, when when it's so intensely uh, j- charged with partisan politics, and that becomes even more of an issue in the Senate. Uh, but that is driving all of this. And so when it becomes as partisan as it is, absent the best interest of the United States, but more the best interest of our partisan party politics. Then what gets put into these bills is all sorts of measures that are advancing political agendas rather than advancing that which is in the best interest of the United States as a whole. And so you have, for example, in uh, an NDAA bill, spending bill to, to fund our military, we now have in a military funding bill a measure that's going to give um, uh, parental leave and all this sort of stuff. To every federal employee, right? So that's partisan. If we're going to deal with a a military spending bill, then let's deal with just military issues. But that's what happens when everything becomes a partisan, party driven. All these spending measures start getting heaped with uh, partisan, party agenda, political agenda. Uh, measures that are placed in them. And that becomes poison pills for a number of people and shuts the process down. Would you say that
1: House leadership has too much control over the legislative process that that the committees that you're on need to
4: have more power? Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And that's where a lot of the problem is as well. Uh, uh, Leadership has, uh, you know, we have committees that are, that are assigned the responsibility to do different things, uh, whatever was within the jurisdiction of uh, XYZ committee. Uh, and those committees need to be given the authority to do their work and to submit that work to the Congress as a whole for a vote. Instead, leadership more often than not dictates what is going to be done, even within committee work. And uh, so, yeah, it becomes uh, – uh, Uh, that in itself becomes a very partisan issue because leadership of whatever party is in control uh, too often is dictating everything that's taking place, even in committee work.
1: All right. Well, we'll see what happens with the spending bills and, of course, impeachment and everything else. Congressman Jody Heiss, uh, I want to plug your podcast one more time because our listeners should check it out. It's the Freedom Caucus podcast. Congressman Jody Heiss, thank you for your time.
4: Well, thank you. And let me just say, uh, the, the Freedom Caucus podcast is all about bringing information inside baseball, information to people as to what's happening. The best way to find it, I uh, think find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Freedom Caucus, and at Twitter, simply at Freedom Caucus. Follow us, subscribe at uh, iTunes or SoundCloud. We encourage people to do that. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Are you looking for quick conservative policy solutions to current issues? Sign up for Heritage's weekly newsletter, The Agenda. In the Agenda, you will learn what issues Heritage scholars on Capitol Hill are working on, what position conservatives are taking, and links to our in-depth research. The Agenda also provides information on important events happening here at Heritage that you can watch online, as well as media interviews from our experts. Sign up for the Agenda on Heritage.org today.
1: And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast, brought to you from the Robert H. Bruce Radio Studio at the Heritage Foundation.
0: Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, and please leave us a review or a rating on iTunes to give us feedback. We'll see you again tomorrow. The Daily
1: Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Daniel Davis. Sound designed by
2: Lauren Evans, the Leah Rampersad, and Mark Guiney. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.